Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, listeners, I get to talk to a real live YouTuber, a YouTube sensation by the name of Nathaniel Morton out of Pittsburgh, PA. And I found this guy uh, looking for good suggestions for jumping drills. And boy, he pops right out of the screen. He's got so much positive energy. A great young guy uh, expressing his passion, helping people get fit. Uh, with his YouTube series. Uh, But what was really interesting and why I wanted to get him on the podcast was to uh, talk through this amazing challenge that he uh, brought upon himself, uh, probably ill-advised in many ways, but he decided to uh, try to run 100 miles in a single week without any training. And just the the ramifications of that in terms of his uh, personal growth and character development, I think you're really going to enjoy uh, this show where we talk about some uh, fitness attributes, the importance of jumping, the benefits, uh, how to do it right, and then getting into how he has blended his interest in fitness with the self-help, motivational gurus, people that he's uh, glommed onto and has uh, given him great inspiration, uh, coming from a difficult background as a only child of a single mom and doing his thing and uh, urging you to do the same. So check this guy out on YouTube and enjoy the show with Nathaniel Morton. Nate Morton, the jumping machine, is on the podcast with me right now. I'm so excited to catch up with you. You pop right out of your YouTube videos, man. I feel like I'm right there in Pittsburgh with you, with your energy. So why don't you tell us uh, about yourself and how you got started in this game and uh, where things have taken you to date? So uh, my name is Nathaniel Morton. I am a YouTuber. I'm also a health and physical education teacher, which a lot of people don't know. They see me on YouTube. and um, But I'm actually a full-time teacher and I do YouTube on the side. But I was a basketball player growing up my whole life, and that kind of got me obsessed with dunking the basketball and the running, jumping, Nate. I always wanted to jump high. And um, then I was a bodybuilder for a little bit, did a couple competitions. And after that, I started making YouTube videos. And then I found um, like Tony Robbins, David Goggins, Tom Bilyeu, um, guys like that. And that kind of made me push myself and kind of try to see how far I could take myself. And um, here we are. And that's how uh, I guess you found me on that YouTube video of uh, copying David Goggins running well. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about that. That was some crazy stuff. Uh, but your, your basketball background, so did you play at, at a um, high school, college level? What was your, what was your game? I played in high school and then I played one year of college and then I transferred to a division two college and I tried out for the team, but I did not make it. So I went into bodybuilding at that point. And, um, so that's where my basketball career ended. Um, my second year in college turned over to bodybuilding. And then after I graduated college, just started creating YouTube videos, got a job and here we are. 
so that's the first time I've heard you say anything having to do with uh, not making it, man, because you're the guy that you're telling us to believe in ourselves and everything. So you're looking back now at that college experience where, you know, it was it was kind of out of your hands. You know, the, the coaches decided they, they had enough players or whatever. Uh, but I wonder what your reflections are now with your your mindset that you're communicating to your to your listeners. And, um, you know, what's your what's your reflection? So that was actually a very pivotal time in my life. Um, and I actually remember saying to my mother on the way to tryouts, because she drove me to tryouts in college, um, she said, actually, after tryouts on the way home, she said, do you think you made the team? And I looked at her and I said, when have I ever not made a team in my life? And I was a little bit cocky, a little bit um, naive. Um, and that was kind of the pivotal moment because see that I could have made it. I could have made it, but I spent that whole summer not practicing. So, and I wasn't in shape. And then when I went to play with those college guys, I couldn't keep up. I was out of breath. So I was as talented as they were, but I, I couldn't keep up with them. So that was the one time where, um, you know, you can have a lot of talent, but if you don't work hard, you know, that old, you know, cliche type of thing, um, I, I was talented. I did not work hard enough, so therefore I did not earn a spot on that team. Um, so, and and looking back, that was a like I said, a pivotal moment. And I'm actually very happy that that happened to me, because going through life with that cocky attitude of when have I never made a team um, would not not do me any justice moving forward. Yeah, I guess every athlete faces <clears throat> that at some point, right? I mean, at some point, you're if you're if you're passionate about athletics, you're going to be pretty good at some point, whether it's in the recreational park league, like I was a superstar in the park basketball league. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to my high school and was quickly cut from the team and went out to the running track. Uh, so you're always going to hit that upper limit. Some of the guys when they, right. when they don't get drafted to the pros, so they're a superstar their whole life until that point. Uh, so right. I guess you, you redirected your competitive energy into bodybuilding, which is not really related in any way to basketball, is it? Um, it's not. I just think I wanted to compete. I've always been a competitor and um, I didn't know what else to do. I was still doing, you know, intramurals at school. So I was still playing basketball and this and that. But um, I've always, you know, been looking for my major purpose in life. And at first it was to be an NBA player. And then when I got cut, it was kind of like, okay, well, now what's my purpose? Because I'm all, if I can't make a Division two team, I'm not going to the NBA. So, um, I kind of, my major purpose became, oh, well, then I want to be the best bodybuilder in the world. And I didn't want to do bodybuilding like, like the huge guys, uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Phil Heath and all them. Um, but I wanted to do the men's physique category. So a little slimmer, more uh, model type look, swimsuit look. And then I went that way, did two competitions. And um, I realized that the, the top-level bodybuilders, not everybody, I'm not making any claims, but a lot of them um, use uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And I was not willing to do that myself, so that's where my bodybuilding career ended. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. it doesn't seem like the healthiest <clears throat> of sports when you're trying to – I mean, fitness always comes at a possible – expensive health in every sport. I was a triathlete and I, I trashed my health in many ways trying to get yeah. faster and faster in the three sports. But I think bodybuilding, like the moment you step into the, to the gym, um, you're, you're, you're leaving your health at the door. It appears from the outside anyway. 
Right, right. That's very true. And I mean, if you want to go for the top levels, I mean, it, we, the guys that we see on stage, you know, they're they're not there all year round, but they're very, very lean, you know, 4% body fat. It's definitely not the healthiest thing for your body. Um, but, you know, it's a lifestyle that some people, you know, want to take that route. And it just wasn't mine. I mean, there's a lot of <clears throat> work involved. You, you got to give them credit, whether they're oh, full of steroids or not. I mean, that's what everybody in the, uh, the the layperson seeing these baseball players hit the home runs or the guys oiled up on stage, they're still working super, super hard. They're just getting some help. Correct. Correct. And, and, and a lot of people say, you know, if I was on steroids, I could do that too. And <laughs> chances are you, you probably couldn't, you know, they, they, <laughs> there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. It's not just, you don't just take steroids and get to the, where they are by just taking steroids, you know? Yeah, man. If I, if I was on steroids and trained five hours a day, I could look like that too. Yeah. Right, that's right. all that's, that's all that's missing. Yeah. Uh, so then you went into the, um, the YouTube scene and, uh, what, what got you to start making videos? Um, what got me started making videos was watching other people's videos and, um, taking a liking to them. You know, I, I watched a lot of bodybuilders for a while. Um, and like Rob Riches, Chris Jones, and a lot of those guys, and they had YouTube channels, and I really just connected with them. And I think YouTube became an outlet um, to just pour my energy and you know inspire and empower people as many people as I possibly could. How did uh, how did you get people to find you? Was it just putting out good quality videos and, and continuing to, uh, to to crank it out? I mean, you, you seem like a machine. You're cranking out stuff all the time, and I guess that's the trick, right? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to have quality content. You got to um, have the quantity of the content as well. Uh, but I definitely did not start with quality videos. If you go back and watch my old videos, they were they are hard to watch at this point. I was shouting at the camera. I, I cringe when I watch them, but um, it's that persistence. You know, you just, if you want something, you just continue going and you learn and you get better and you continue it and you refine it um, just like many other things in life. And you refine it until... Um, you get to the point where, you know, you're happy about what you've, you know, produced over the years. So you believe in the, do you believe in the process, the machine? Like if you keep putting out good content, you're going to be found and, and, and put up the big numbers like you have. Um, so when I got started on YouTube, I definitely, like I, I told my mom, I said, Hey mom, go subscribe. And I told all my friends and I said, go subscribe. And then I remember the day I was like, somebody commented and I was like, oh, wow, I don't know that person. Like, I don't know them in real <laughs> life. Right. So somebody found my videos, but um, I'm a learner. I really like to learn and, and put myself out there um, to get better. So I paid money for some YouTube courses and um, I went through the courses and I learned kind of how YouTube works and the ins and outs of YouTube and, you know, just kept going, refining it. Um, but if you're putting out quality content, you're definitely going to get found. Um, that I'm not sure if you're familiar with Tom Bilyeu, um, but he always talks about be so good, they can't ignore you. So if they're ignoring you, chances are you're not good enough yet. So if you continue to learn and get better and you're so good they can't ignore you, then you'll get found and you know everything will happen from there. 
That reminds me of uh, Jerry Seinfeld's <clears throat> advice to the up-and-coming comics who, of course, he gets hit up for uh, tips all the time. Like, how do I get to the top? How do I get a, a, my show? How do I do this? How do I do that? And his, his answer is work on your act. And that's it. No, nothing yeah. further. Yeah. So that's focusing on it. that. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're obsessed with jumping, as you said, from dating back to your basketball time. And <clears throat> I am too. I love the high jump. I'm trying to get good in the old guys division. Uh, but it also seems like one of the, uh, one of the, the premier uh, fitness objectives to pursue for uh, overall longevity, injury prevention, bone density, uh, all those kind of things. I wonder if you can talk to some of that, like the, the, the broad benefits of adding uh, some sort of a jumping component, explosive jumping component to your fitness regimen. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it all comes down to your goals. You know, my mother watches every single one of my videos, but she doesn't really care about jumping or dunking a basketball. So my mother definitely um, wouldn't go that route. However, I, I put stuff out and um, she does, she, she's like, she'll message me, hey, I did the wall sits today. And I'm like, oh, wow, she watched my video. Um, but jumping and explosive power, um, I feel like if your goals lead to that, that's definitely um, a good route to go. As you said, the, the bone density that they've done studies and, and found that jumping and running and things like that are actually good for the bones whereas a lot of people think they are not good for the bone. So, I mean, if your goals, um, if, they, if that aligns with your goals, then I think definitely that's a good way to go as far as training. Um, but, you know, if, if that's not where your goals are headed, I, I think you could still, you know, get a good physique and accomplish your goals and be a very healthy individual without adding that jumping component. Um, so just because it's my obsession, I don't, you know, it's, it's very good for people. I don't think it has to be everybody's though. Yeah, what other what other fitness activities do you think are important for a general enthusiast trying to be healthy and stay in shape? You know, one thing that I skip all the time and I need to get way better at is cardio. You know, to to have a healthy heart, um, to be healthy overall, I think I think cardio is extremely important, and I'm pointing that one out because that is probably my biggest flaw when it comes to fitness, alongside flexibility. Um, is that I don't do enough cardio, but I think that I would and anybody would be a much healthier individual if they added in cardio. And it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be running 111 miles. It doesn't have to be running three miles. It doesn't have to be running. It could be, you know, hiking. It could be biking. It could be kayaking. It could be whatever you want to do. But I think that cardio, getting your heart rate up is extremely um, beneficial for somebody who wants to be a healthier individual. Well, shoot, if you finish one of your jumping videos, I guarantee you're getting a cardio workout. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're very yeah. strenuous. So I'm going to give you a free pass for skipping the jog around the lake. Now, if there's, yeah. <laughs> if there's somebody that's already going to the gym and doing the Stairmaster and watching their CNN for 45 minutes or riding on the bike, it seems like a lot of gym goers are exclusively doing cardio and missing out on Correct. any of the explosive stuff. So if, if some of those people are listening, what kind of uh, introduction would you suggest to get them doing something uh, ballistic, explosive, uh, you know, moving into a different realm of fitness? You know, I really like shock pause jumps uh, for, for beginners. It's where you drop off of a box 
You land on the floor and allow your knees, your, your bones, your joints, ligaments, tendons to absorb the shock of that force. And you start with a small box, like a six inch box, drop off of that, land on the floor with bent knees in a good position, absorb that force, and then jump onto another box. So you drop down, that's the shock, and then you jump, that's the jump part. Um, but you start with a six inch box and then the next week you could try, you know, a 10 inch box and you can go to 12 and then continue on from there. But I think that's a very good activity. Um, I think sprints are a very good activity and very underrated. Not many people do do sprints. Um, that is a very ballistic activity that's good and beneficial. Um, and you know, if you don't have any equipment, there's always squat jumps. There's ankle jumps, there's jump rope, which is a little bit more, you know, steady state. Well, for some people, it could be ballistic, but um, I, I really like the shock pause jumps and I like sprints if I was going to introduce people to that sort of activity. So shock pause, you're saying that you jump off the elevated surface and then uh, pause for a bit before you jump back up, gather your, your weight or get, get some spring and then jump up onto the surface again. Yes. So the pause comes, um, there's, there's another exercise called depth jumps where you drop off of the box and you want to spend the least amount of time on the ground as possible. So you kind of drop off of the box. And as soon as you hit the floor, you immediately spring up off the floor and jump onto the box. Um, those are good as well. Those are depth jumps, but I like the pause jumps to kind of pause for a second, absorb the force and then jump onto that next box. And that's more of a beginner exercise and then as you go on you can get into the depth jump where you try to spring up as fast as you can all right so you talk about this um influence you've had from those guys you name like tony robbins and, and goggins and tom bill uh how does that enter into your picture uh i mean you're you're known for the fitness videos but you also have those messages of inspiration that you're giving each time right right um well you know when i when I did my first bodybuilding show, I didn't mention this. I, I did two bodybuilding shows and it was very funny because I did them in college. The first bodybuilding show that I ever did, I got last place. <laughs> literally, they, they, At least you they, went on stage, man. The, you know, yeah, at correct. least you walked up on the stage. But you know, it was another one of those times I was so confident. I was like, I got this, I'm going to win. And I got, I got last place. And, and as soon as they called me, for last place, you know, something snapped and, and I went up there. I just went through the motions. I didn't really say anything to anybody. I just, you know, Oh, thanks. Thanks. And then when I went home that night, I remember I Googled, what is the difference between winners and losers? What is the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people? And I just started searching and I found books like think and grow rich and Jack Canfield's success principles. And I remember I just bought a, a ton of books I started listening to Tony Robbins, Tom Bill, you, Les Brown, you know, Rich Roll, people like this, and just, you know, immersed myself in that world because I didn't want to be unsuccessful anymore. I didn't want to feel like a loser anymore. I didn't want to get last place anymore. And it's funny because the next, um, the next year I went on stage in my bodybuilding show and I got first place in my class and I got second overall, which is a, a long way away from last. So um, went from last place out of 20 people to, you know, second place out of 20 people. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the mentors, the advice, the mm. books that I was reading, but I just immersed myself in that world. And that's kind of where I started, you know, wanting to improve myself every day since then. 
So what do you think about that cocky Nate who went to tryouts after a whole summer of, of kicking back and, and I guess you thought you were assured of making it or when you went up on stage, which takes a whole lot of, whole lot of guts anyway, but I guess you went up there thinking that you were going to be a, a podium choice. Um, what, was, what was going on in that young person's mind that uh, you can distinguish between uh, where you're at now? I think... Um... I think it's very good to think that you are going to win. However, you have to back that up with the work. You know, I think the one thing that I could dis- distinguish from that is I thought that I was very good, but there was there was no foundation behind that. Um, before, when I was younger, kind of the cocky version, I was extremely talented. I was a big fish in a small pond. However, when I got into the ocean with all the sharks, you know, I wasn't that good and there was no work, um, that I had built, you know, to take me to that next level. Um, whereas opposed, you know, now I think that I've really learned that you, if you want something, you really have to work for it. And, um, there's always room for the best. So if I want to become the best then I have to work to get there and I can be the best if I become so good that I can't be ignored. Um, but I think the difference is that, I had empty aspirations before, empty confidence, and now I feel like I have a little bit of a foundation behind my confidence. And I also am not cocky. I would I would say I am confident, but I am not arrogant at this point in time in my life. Yeah, how old are you, Nate? I'm 28. And this uh, basketball turning point was when, your college years, you were 20, 21, something. Yeah, yeah, I was about ni- 19 years old, yeah. So we hear a lot of generalizations about people in your peer group that um, maybe were more entitled uh, this this time of uh, this this time of life, and the, the helicopter parents are in full force over the last you know uh, the, the last generation. And I wonder, you know, what's your overall observation on the millennial group? I mean, do you see um, some of these? Uh, behavior patterns like uh, entitlement where they're not willing to do the work. We're pursuing instant gratification. We know that as a society that we're all caught up on uh, the the pursuits of uh, dopamine hits pleasure instead of perseverance and hard work and setting lofty goals. Uh, What's your take? Um, I definitely do see it. Um, You know, obviously I have a lot of friends around my age and I definitely see it. um, But you know, I don't, I definitely don't think that every millennial is like that. I think, I think that you could make the generalization of that. Obviously, um, um, we are, we do not work as hard as the generations of the the past that came before us. Um, however, I don't think that everyone who is a millennial doesn't work hard and has that entitlement. Um, but I think that it need it needs to be taught, you know, um, you need to learn that coming up. And if you don't learn that, you know, how could you act any different? If you're only acting, you know, off of based off of what you know and the experiences that you've had. So if all your, your life, you've just been handed everything and and everything has been given to you without any work and that's what you're going to continue to do. But I think one thing that um, is different, but, different about me and kind of helped me not do that is that I never had a father. I was raised by a single mother. She made $9,000 a year 
while I was growing up, um, sometimes we didn't have any food. Um, she taught me that if you want something, you need to work for it. Where we are right now is just the position that we were, we are in. It doesn't have to be final, but if you want it to be any different, then you're going to have to take action and do something different in order to get a better result. Um, so I think my mother, and I was a, a single and only child, so it was just me and my mom growing up. And I think that she's instilled all those lessons in me. I've seen her work hard. Um, and, but I don't think that, you know, every millennial is like that, but if you are never taught anything different, how can you act any different? Dude, your mom's getting, she's got like seven plugs so far on the show. She must be quite a lady. I think she's going to now have to listen to the recording. So shout out to Nate's mom. Uh, <laughs> you, you sound like a great lady and you, you, you put this son into, uh, into the mix and a lot of who you are and what comes out on your videos is, is probably thanks to mom, huh? It is, you know, it is. And I'll definitely tell her to watch this. She does watch a lot of my stuff. Um, but my, I think my entire life, I was looking for that male role model. Um, and I always kind of brushed my mom off to the side. You know, you're not, you're not my dad. I was always looking for that father figure like a Tony Robbins or a Tom Bilyeu or somebody to kind of teach me how to be a man and teach me how to act. Um, but now as I get older, you know, that was the 19-year-old thinking. Now that I'm 28, I realize mom actually taught me a lot of stuff. You know? So, I, you know, the reason, one of the reasons I was drawn to you is that, you know, extreme energy, intensity, positive attitude, and the thing that really, uh, uh, you know, blew my mind was this story of picking up um, the, the David Goggins uh, inspiration. And so I think you should uh, set, the, set the tone for the listener of how this challenge came, came to form in your mind and, and how it went. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to look at all sides of this angle, man, because um, I, I want to know like, wh what you learned in, in four different directions, too, because the, the perseverance and all that stuff is pretty awesome. Uh, but let's, let's, uh, let's get into this story here. Okay, okay. So it, it, I, ca I can't miss out that I ran cross-country in high school. Because that's huge, because that set the mindset of when you start running and you have a destination, you don't stop until you make it to that destination. Um, so that kind of set the stage and it taught me that you might be tired, but if you keep going, you're going to make it, you know, you're not going to die. Um, so that's where the stage was set. But then um, I found David Goggins from Tom Bilyeu's interview. Um, Tom Bill, he's, he's, he's my hero. I've mentioned him a, a bunch of times. That's, that's probably the man that I want to be like most in life is Tom Bill. But he had this David got this David Goggins guy come on his, his show and it just spoke to me and he was just raw and he was real and he was swearing at me and he was telling me I was soft. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm soft. I need to go do something about it. And I, <laughs> so David I, Goggins is the the former Navy SEAL and yes. ultra ultra endurance athlete of, of great uh, accomplishments, running these uh, crazy long 100 and 200 mile races. I think he won the Ultraman in Hawaii. So uh, you know, quite a personality and an author. Uh, for those of you who'd never heard of him, yeah, he's one of the extreme uh, human performance athletes on the earth. Right. Right. And. Um, I saw that interview and then later on he came out with a book and I was reading his book and he was talking about Navy SEAL training. And I thought, well, I don't want to be a Navy SEAL, but I want to do something like a hell week where I can put myself through something crazy. And, um, 
I, then I kept flipping the pages and I saw his running log. I thought, well, what if I just copied this running log without any training, just to kind of throw myself into a little bit of a torturous situation, just to try to see if I can come out on the other side with any lessons, you know? So that's, that's kind of where it came from. And I put myself in it. I think I, I, even though I'm not that 19 year old kid anymore, I, I was a little bit naive, 111 miles is farther than I thought. And, um, I didn't wear the right shoes. I didn't, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. And I went through it and I came out on the other side. Um, and I think it changed me for the better. So you're talking about Goggins was uh, just sharing some of his training log as, a, as, as in preparation for ultra marathon running. And he, he put in 111 miles in a single week, which is a routine for an Olympic caliber marathon runner. Uh, for you, you're how many years removed from high school cross country and you've just been in the gym doing your, doing your jump drills. What, what was it? 10 or eight years later or something? Yes. It was 10 years of no running. I haven't <laughs> run since then. So. Okay. So off you go for, uh, you're trying to hit that magic number of 111 miles, uh, starting from scratch. And what was your strategy? Like, what did you, uh, did you, did you break it down divided by seven or one run a day, two runs a day? What were you going to do there? So he had, he had a picture of his log in the book. Um, so, and it said Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through Sunday. And on Monday was 15 miles and then 20 was, or Tuesday was 20 miles. So he had all the mileage laid out there on, in that log. So I just thought I'm going to copy what he does every single day. Um, so, you know, the first day I went out and I ran 15 miles and that's the most that I had ever run before, but you know, it kind of fired me up. Um, how'd it go? Then, I mean, did you feel okay? Uh, made I, that was, that was the amazing. best day. That was the best day. It, <laughs> it was, um, 15 miles. I think my average pace was like nine minutes and 40 seconds or something mm. like that. So not super fast, but not crazy slow. Um, but then after that 15 miles, it quickly went downhill as I got more and more sore throughout the week and my legs kind of broke down on me, my knees, my ankles, everything started really started to hurt. Um, I, you know, I didn't, I started running in Roshis, which is definitely not a running shoe. Um, so I ran 15 miles in Roshis and then 20 miles in Roshis. And then the third day I thought I better get some shoes or I'm going to mess myself up even more. Did you walk um, into some running store telling them you're right in, right in the middle of your crazy goal and they need to help you quickly? <laughs> I did. And in, in, I walked in there um, after the 20-mile run. I thought, Oof. okay, I, I, need to, I need to do something. So I went into REI. That's a, you know, an, out, <laughs> an outdoor store. You just, um, you, you just limped over to the running shoe section. Limping would be an understatement. They actually asked me if I needed the elevator when I walked in there. <laughs> Um, and I said, no, I don't need the elevator. And I, and I went up the stairs um, very, very slowly, you know, got some Hoka running shoes. And um, then, you know, went the next day, went on my way from there. Uh, so at a certain point, I mean, I've, I've done these uh, 20, I did a 24 hour relay in high school where you had to run a mile on the hour. And at a certain point, all your muscles lock up. And I, I couldn't continue. And that's happened to me on, on long runs too. And I know you hit that point where you, you're getting out of bed on Wednesday or whatever day and you can barely move. 
So take me through uh, those mornings when you wake up and go uh, hit the alarm and, and use David Goggins vocabulary term and then, then lace up those shoes. Um, that definitely happened to me. It definitely happened. Um, I, I would wake up hoping that I felt better and I would not feel better and I'd be extremely stiff. And my first, it took, it took me about two or three miles of a very awkward looking run to even like get my knees to bend properly. Um, so it, 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 and after that two or three miles, I would kind of warm up a little bit. And I mean, it was very painful. Every step was painful. Um, but you know, every single step is you have a choice. You can keep going or you can stop. Um, and the, the funny thing is it was very funny because if I stopped, it wouldn't really hurt anymore. The pain would go away. So in my head, I knew you could just stop and all the pain will just go away. You can just stop this entire thing. You can never put the video out. You could just bury this under the rug and just forget (laughs) about it. Um, but you know, every step hurt, but every step was a choice. And, you know, I chose to keep going and you just go and go and go and, and, it's only a week of my life is what I told myself. Uh, yeah. I it's, mean, you said that on the video. That was, that was great. Yeah. Um, so you must've had to remind yourself of that many times during the week. And did you ever uh, think about uh, wrapping it up because you were possibly getting injured or doing damage to your body? Did any of those thoughts go through your head? Definitely. I thought for sure that I had stress fractures. I thought, mm. I thought my legs are broken. The last couple of days, and I actually went and I got an X-ray when the, <laughs> when it when it was finished, and they said no, they're just really really terrible shin splints. We would advise you to stop running immediately. And I was like, I was kind of upset. I was like, I thought I, I I wanted to tell people that I was running on broken legs like David Goggins. However, I was not. I, they were just very bad uh, shin splints. Um, but that definitely popped into my head a lot throughout the run. And it, and it always does. It, it pops up in everybody's head, but you have to remind yourself whether you're doing crunches, whether you're doing a run, whether you're doing a workout, if you're doing a workout and it's 30 minutes long and, and the workout sucks, you have to remind yourself, this is only 30 minutes of my life. If I can't make it through this 30 minutes, then I don't deserve the rewards on the other side, but I know I can make it through this 30 minutes. And when I do, I will reap those rewards on the other side and I will be proud of myself for it. So we always have to remind ourselves of that. So you were just dead set to make it through and you had a lot of downtime in between the runs, uh, you know, 20, 21 hours every day to think about it. Um, What was that week like, Uh, especially the reflections as you were going through this thing? So, it was actually, um, like I said before, I'm a, I'm a school teacher and we were actually on Christmas break. So it was the week, it was Christmas week, you know, Wednesday of my run was Christmas day. Um, so I ran, I, I think it was 16 miles on Christmas day before we went over to friends and family's house. And, um, <laughs> he probably had some food, uh, during that week too. Oh uh, yeah. I have a nutritionist. He said, dude, eat as much as you possibly can, you know? Um, so I was definitely eating a lot, enjoying myself. But, you know, people were wondering, they're like, why can't you walk? You know, I would go to get up and <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? And I'd have to explain myself like, well, you're not a Navy SEAL. What makes you think you could do that? And, you know, that type of stuff. The naysayers that we always just have to push past, you know. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, um, I think 
on my downtime, I, re- I actually really went into a dark place. At first, it was all like, oh, I'm going to make this cool video. I'm going to, mm-hmm. and I was, I was, you know, as I was running, I was Instagram, I was on Instagram and I was like, oh yeah, this is so much fun. And then on day three, I actually, I stopped recording and I actually didn't even know if I was going to put the video on YouTube, but I knew I had to finish it. I did. It wasn't all fun and games anymore. I didn't want to re- record anymore. I didn't want to talk to the camera and be all happy, happy. I kind of wanted to just, you know, dig deep and, and get through it. And it, it was a lot of reflection and it was a lot of, why am I doing this? Mm. It was a lot of, you can just stop. Um, but I think a very important thing in life is that you complete what you start, you, you finish it and you see it through. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to do it again. Um, mm. but in my, my mom is a, she put me through that, you know, you, you, I wanted to play football and then I got tackled. I don't want to play football anymore. Well, you have to see through this season and if you don't want to play at the end, but you have to finish this season. And, um, so that was a lesson that I had from another one from my mom and one that was definitely very present throughout the run. Yeah, I think that's good parenting advice. Uh, my, my kids are now adult age, so I don't have those uh, decision-making times anymore where I can, uh, you know, we can reflect, but uh, to, to show the kid that um, commitment means something and commitment to others, especially in the case of signing up for a team and making it through halfway and you're not getting enough playing time and you want to quit. I think those are valuable. But then I'm reflecting now in adult life. Uh, I don't know if you heard of Seth Godin, author. He writes a lot of books yeah. about marketing. And um, one of his great books called The Dip, uh, he talks about how the great uh, you know, high achievers in life are, are very good at quitting and saying no and, and stopping things before they invest too much time and energy and have that, uh, what is it called, sunk cost where, oh, I went to law school, so I might as well be a lawyer for the next 20 years, even though I hate it. Right. You, know, you, can't, you can't extract yourself from all those sunk costs. And so uh, I remember in my career as a triathlete, um, I dropped out of quite a few races because I, I finally realized somewhere down the line that, you know, this is my profession. I'm trying to earn money doing this. And if I'm having a crappy day and I keep going, I'm just burning energy that I could be saving for another chance when I have a chance to, uh, you know, compete and win instead of having a bad day. And I, I know there's this sort of two separate uh, points going on here is that, you know, that that accomplishment that you did for yourself and showed yourself you could persevere through an incredible challenge. Now you can carry that forward to every other thing and you, you do in your life. And I wonder if that also makes you uh, more confident, more resilient against wasting your time doing stupid shit, for example, or, or quitting something that isn't really going anywhere. Um, yes, definitely. Um, and, and like you said, there's in life, there's, there's competing ideas, you know? So there's the idea of, I finish what I start. And then there's also the idea of let's not waste my time with this. That It's not going to take me anywhere. Like if you go into a movie theater and the movie sucks, why sit there and waste your time? Why not walk out? Like you don't, um, you don't have to sit there and stay for the whole movie just because you started it. So there are always those competing ideas, but I think you, have to have the self understanding to know, you know, which is which you have to know when you should stay and see it through. And you have to know when to say, okay, this isn't, this isn't worth it. I'm, I'm better off if I stop this and, you know, put my energy in, you know, into another channel. 
Um, so I think that really definitely comes with experience um, and definitely comes with knowing yourself and what's best for you. You know, do and believe only that which moves you towards your goals. Do oh, and nice. believe o- only yeah. that which moves you towards your goals. So if it moves you towards your goals to complete something, then absolutely complete it. But if it's if it's not moving you towards your goals, don't be so so stuck in I'm the I'm the type of person who finishes what I start. So at the top of everything is do and believe only that which moves you towards your goals. And that's not mine, that's Tom Billu's. So I stole that from him. So shout out. Yeah, very well said. I like that. I like that. Um, that, that kind of that kind of solves the um, the riddle. And you you said earlier in the show, and you say in your videos, you know that that temporary uh, sacrifice, the discomfort of of completing a difficult workout. You mentioned the reward on the other side, and so if there's no reward on the other side, like you right. don't really care whether you get fit or not, then it's like all right, then don't show up at the gym, right? So I think that's good right. to get that clarity, uh, and hopefully, geez, you know, if, if we don't have that. Like we're in a lousy job where we don't we don't see where it's headed and we don't like it. Um, there's a good example of you know saying, "Hey man, why don't why don't you move on? Relationship, right. whatever it is, yeah." Right, right. Um, another thing that Tom Billu says that you know I'm stealing everything from him, but he's been such an impact on me is um, success is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. So for me, if I were to start something and I know I should finish it, but I don't finish it, then deep down, I'm going to, I'm going to feel badly about myself because I want to be the type of person who completes what I start. But so it's those two things. It's do and believe only that which moves you towards your goal. But even more than that, you have to feel good about yourself by when you are by yourself. So if you don't feel good about yourself because you're in that job or because you're being a lawyer, then why would you go and be a lawyer for 20 years when it's all about how you feel about yourself? When you are all alone, when the lights aren't on you, when you're not doing a YouTube video, when you're not in front of other people watching you, how do you feel about yourself? Mm. So I think that's most important. I wonder if that relates to today's uh, social media glitz and the airbrush society that we live in where it's just, you know, you're, you're nobody if the camera, I mean, look at the Kardashians, the, the camera's on yeah. their entire life or, yeah, that's good. Yeah. How do you feel when the, when the, when the lights turn off? Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, this 111 mile week, that means you had to run what, 16 something, 16 point something every single day. Yeah. Right. So now you're getting to day six, day seven. It looks like you're going to make it. Tell me about that, that final run and then crossing oh, that finish line oh. uh, in the park or wherever you were, probably by yourself or with a small, small support crew. That must have been a fine moment. So um, the final run was, and, and I made a few you know, videos on it as I was going, but that was the most pain that I have ever been in in my entire life. That was completely torturous for me. Um, and I think that's the best thing that could have happened to me. But as I was going on that final run, which was, uh, I'm not going to lie to everybody. That was, it was a walk. It was, I, wa- I wasn't, I wasn't running. I could not physically run anymore. Um, my, my knees would not bend. I had knee sleeves on because my knees hurt so bad. I had duct taped my ankle. So my, 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 uh, feet couldn't flex because my ankles hurt so bad. My butt hurt, my hips hurt, my lower back hurt, everything hurt. And what made it even worse, or should I say even better, was I had a jacket on, a rain jacket, because it was raining. 
And two miles in, the sun comes out and the sun starts shining. The, the rain clouds go away. It's a beautiful day. So I take my rain jacket off and I throw it off on the side. I say, I don't need this anymore. So I had just a hoodie on. And then another mile later, it starts pouring. <laughs> and it rained for the next three, four hours. And it just rained. And I was soaked and I was cold and I was shivering. And, and it took me six hours to complete the last run. Um, I think it was 19 miles or something, something like that. And it was, it was pure torture. I almost cried. I'm, I'm, I'm reliving it as we're going right now. But as a grown man, I was literally whimpering and almost crying because my body hurt so bad. Um, but then when I, when I finished, um, it was just like, I'm done. The week is over. I, I completed it. I set a goal. I finished that goal. And now whatever I want to make of this, I, I at least have a story. If I want to make a YouTube video, then I have a YouTube video. But I ended up making that YouTube video, and now my video is on the internet for all to see for the rest of time. And I just had to go through that one week of that challenge to get there. And I made it through, and I was very proud of myself. Uh, what about your body? How long did it take to recover? Like, when did you do your next dunk or, or uh, fitness yeah. ambition that was back to normal? Um, so I actually have a knee rehab program. Um, from dunking so much, I, I messed my knees up a couple years ago. And so I created a, a knee rehabilitation program. And I actually went through my own program of re rehabilitating my body back to the point where I could dunk again. Um, but it took, it took a month, it took three weeks to feel mostly normal. Um, but it took a month to, to be at the point where I was like, okay, let me, let me try to jump again. Um, so for but, three weeks you were limping, I mean, uh, not walking normally. Right. It was, it was the shin splints that were the worst. I couldn't fully flex my left ankle, um, for the three weeks. And that was <laughs> So that was, that was probably the worst part. And if I would, if I would walk, like if I would extend my stride too much, I would get like a pinching pain in my ankle. Um, but definitely could have messed my body up if I kept going. Um, naive about, you know, starting without any training, but good. I mean, luckily I did not get hurt. Well, that was the challenge that you put forth. So, you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, you, you could have trained for a year and then tried to run a, a single hundred mile race or whatever. It would have been fine. I mean, a lot of people do that, but um, the uniqueness of your challenge, I think is part of the beauty too. Uh, but, you know, two months, three months down the line, would you uh, declare yourself a hundred percent? You came out of this thing. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, you know, that's because you're 28, say, man. If I tried it, there'd yeah. be no turning back. Oh, yeah. mercy. Um, but oh, even at 28, good. I can feel my, I'm, I'm not 18 anymore. You know, I do these jumps and the next day I'm like, man, I'm sore. Huh. You know, I, I can't just go in and just dunk on my first jump. Got to warm up first. So it's different. I'm sure it's going to continue to get different as I grow. Yeah. Warming up's great for anybody. I, I love it. So what was the response like was it universal acclaim celebration or did you get some negativity some naysayers after saying that's stupid like you know we hear that so much when you you engage oh, yeah. with someone in the general public <laughs> and they they find out you're you're doing you work out two hours a day in the gym and they say that's stupid or, or whatever so what was kind of the feedback like so the feedback it was i actually um 
I have the ratio on my YouTube video. It was <laughs> 90, 94% um, likes and then 6% dislikes. Was That was the likes. Yeah. But then when it came to the comments, it was, it was probably the same. 94% of people were, that is so great. I'm so inspired. I'm going for a run right now. Such a good message. Mm-hmm. But then there was the 6% um, who were saying, you're such an idiot. This is that was so stupid. You could have hurt yourself. I advise that nobody follow what this guy is doing, you know, things like that. And I even had people um, say that I faked the run. They said, You're not even sweating after that 20 mile run. You faked it, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I was responding back for a while, you know, saying I didn't fake it. Look, after that 20 mile run, I went to the gas station to buy two bags of ice. Then I drove 10 minutes back to my house. Then I set up my camera. It's December. So after that, when I finally started recording after that 45 minute period, no, I was not sweating anymore. But after a while of, you know, saying that same thing over and over, actually, do you, are you familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk? Sure. Yeah. So I, I subscribed to Gary's text messages where he just sends out random texts and he sent out a text that really resonated with me that said um, something along the lines of never fight aggression with aggression, fight aggression with kindness. So all those people who are being aggressive and negative, it was just a chance for every single one of those was a chance. Sorry, I got the low battery signal. Every single one of those was a chance for me to fight it with kindness. And to, that's a chance for me to work on myself because those messages made me mad. But I have the chance to flip it, flip that switch mm. and respond with kindness. So we don't have to react to the negativity that people are you know, sending our way. We can react with positivity if we want. That's the beautiful thing about humans. We have that choice. We choose how we want to act and we choose who we want to be. Very nice. I appreciate that. And uh, I guess um, it might be a good time to express empathy for somebody who's, you know, flaming you on the internet after, after right. such an achievement and such a challenge, they must have some issues going on. So, uh, you know, my heart goes out to them for being on that 4% or what, right. oh, mercy. Uh, what about um, Goggins? Did you get any, any, uh, any recognition from him? Did he, did he hear about some guy trying to copy him? No, no, he didn't. And maybe one day he will. Um, I'm, I'm sure he would say something along the lines of suck, didn't it? Or something like that. <laughs> um, but no, nothing, nothing from Goggins. That's not really, I had somebody ask, was that the reason that you did it to kind of get recognition from Goggins and, and have him, you know, see what you were doing. And it wasn't, that wasn't in my head at all. It was kind of, I wanted to see, you know, what I could achieve. I wanted to see how bad this was going to be and if I could keep going through it. And I wanted to inspire other people and empower other people. And that's the goal with everything that I do. So would you see this now as a, uh, a once in a lifetime thing, or would you envision doing some more crazy stuff in that, in that role that you have as a, as a motivator and inspirer? You know, I have actually thought about running 100 miles at one time with no training. And my nutritionist is also a marathon runner and he's a coach. He, he knows what he's doing. And he, he said, if you do that, you will mess yourself up. So, and, and I really, I don't take his advice lightly. He knows what he's doing. So if he tells me that I'm going to mess myself up, then I, 
I would still do a hundred miles, but I would train for it. I don't think that the rewards are worth going out and taking that risk, the risk of messing up my body to try a hundred miles without any training. Um, but I definitely, definitely see myself continuing to push myself in the future. I take cold showers every day just because I want to, you know, we were talking about millennials and, and I want to the ability to not want to do it, but still do it. That, that goes so far in life. So every time I go to take a cold shower, it's like, I don't want to do this, but if I can get myself to start doing the things that I don't want to do, whether it's a cold shower or a workout or a run, or I hate to do abs, I hate core, just go ahead and do that. Um, and I think you really, you build that mental toughness over time and you can really achieve a lot of your goals and succeed that way if you do that. But definitely more crazy challenges coming in my future. Nate Morton, watch out for this guy. Who knows what's next? But I, I like that. Uh, that's a great finishing comment because the little things that we do every day, you know, those add up to be tremendously important just as much as running the 111 miles a week is the person who gets up and, uh, you know, the representation. I'm a big cold plunge enthusiast. You, you can see my video of jumping in the chest freezer every day. And just what that represents, right? You're not going to die. It's not even that uncomfortable when you breathe through it and all that. But it represents you're, you're in control of your, right. you know, flimsy emotions and fears and all that. And hopefully that carries over into all kinds of little things for the, for the rest of the day. So, uh, dude, you're on, you're on fire. I, I love your game. I'm so glad to get a, a chance to podcast with you. Can you tell our listeners where to find you and start, start getting their jumping going? Yeah. Um, I'm on YouTube. I'm just search Nathaniel Morton. I'm on Instagram, Nathaniel Morton, and I have a website, NathanielMorton.com. And, um, every, on my website, I actually give one month of free access to all of my fitness programs. So people can, it, you can go on there, you can check out all my programs for free. If you don't like it, you can, you can unsubscribe. Um, it won't cost you any money or, I mean, I give a lot of my stuff out for free anyways. Um, but if you message me, I would love to connect Nathaniel Morton on all platforms. N-A-T-H-A-N-A-E-L. M-O-R-T-O-N yeah, like, yeah. and an extra N on Instagram or something. Yeah, 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 two Ns. Just to just to throw down an extra N at the end of your workout. Yeah, I couldn't get the one N. No, I know. Who is that guy it, so. that took your name, right. man? We got to find him. Yeah. We'll challenge him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Good stuff coming at you from, from Pittsburgh. Go find this guy on YouTube. You'll have all kinds of fun. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Nate. Thank you so much, Brad, for having me on. Hey, Primal Blueprint listeners, no dairy in your life? No problem. Primal Kitchen has you covered because our no-dairy vodka sauce is made with avocado oil and organic cashew butter so you can ditch the dairy and keep the decadent taste you love. Made without gluten, soy, canola oil, or artificial ingredients, this vegan plant-based sauce is paleo certified. Visit us at primalkitchen.com for more real food options, from dairy-free Alfredo sauce to tomato basil marinara and a whole host of other delicious products the entire family will love. Hi folks, Mark Sisson here. If you found your way to the Primal Path and want to help others live primally too, then visit primalhealthcoach.com to learn how you can join our mission to help 100 million people reclaim their health and how you can turn your passion for wellness into a profitable health coaching career that you love. The world needs health coaches. The world needs you. So visit primalhealthcoach.com today to learn more.